Welcome to the Breaking the Tax Code podcast, your secret weapon to understanding your personal and business taxes, saving money, and the latest headline hype. Each episode breaks down important tax talk into easy-to-understand terms so you can get busy saving money or growing your business. And now for your host, with over 30 years of tax and saving money experience, tax expert, Karosh Moassasi. Hello, everyone. I'm Caroline Moasasi, your co-host for Breaking the Tax Code with Kurosh. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know everyone enjoys all these little tidbits of tax information that we never knew. Kurosh, it is absolutely fabulous to be here with you today. The storm has calmed down. The sun is out. The sky is blue. The world is looking pretty good today. It definitely is, Caroline, and I am Happy to be here once again to go over this beautiful discussion of tax law. Now you say that like a true tax professional, beautiful discussion about tax. Okay. So most people, when they hear the word tax, I think they kind of cringe and they get a little weird feeling in their stomach. I love your passion and energy toward tax and you helping all of us understand it. So today we're going to be going over some must-know tax tips to help this tax season run really smoothly for the individual person and or if they have a business. So if you're a business owner, this is a great spot for you to be. So Kroosh, without any further ado, please go ahead and start sharing with us some of your top tips that you believe we should all know. You know, one of the things that I'm always asked by either individuals or businesses is about home office deduction. Home office deduction is such an unclear subject that everybody has. So today I just want to touch upon home office deductions for either individual taxpayers and business taxpayers. That is one aspect that people seem to be missing when they are preparing their tax returns or they fail to tell their tax preparer about it. So I just want to make clear on some of the tax regulations that are affected for the home office deduction. First, for the personal tax returns, individual tax returns, we used to be able to deduct part of your home office on our tax returns. This whole deduction stopped in 2018. There is no more. So if you are an employee of, let's say, an organization and you seem to be working from home and you have internet expenses or you have an office at home, as an employee, you cannot deduct the home office deductions anymore. You can't have that. However, if you have your own business and you are using a home office, you are entitled to to have a deduction for your home office. Now, when I say deduction, what do I mean by deduction? What what is it I deduct? Do I deduct my food? What do I do? Pretty much what you get to deduct are any expenses associated with your home. Now, these expenses could be insurance, your utilities, your internet, your house cleaning, those are the expenses that 
you get to deduct. Now, let me be very clear on, on the home office deduction. A home office is not a table in your kitchen. It's not something that can be changed constantly. A home office is a dedicated space. It can be an extra room. It can be your storage. It can be whatever. That it is designated 100% for an office. Now, the other deduction that is also allowed for the home office that it is missed entirely is the cost basis of your house. So what is a cost basis of your house? Let's say I bought my house for 500,000 bucks. The space that I use for the home office, let's say it's 10%. 10% of that 500,000 is 50,000. Now, 50,000 is the depreciation that is allowed, not entirely, but through the life of the property, which is 39 years. I know it's a little bit confusing, but let's, let me just go through the number again. I paid 500,000. I, pay, I use 10% of the house. So the cost basis allocated to that home office is 50,000 and I have to depreciate that 50,000 within 39 years. So whatever that number comes up to, 12,000, whatever. Do you know that you actually not 12,000, about 1,500 that you get to deduct as a depreciation. Now, one of the things that you need to be aware of having this depreciation is that it is not cho a choice. What that means is that a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm going to sell my house five years from now, 10 years from now. I'm not going to depreciate this. Therefore, I'm going to show zero. That's not a choice. Whether you choose to take that depreciation or not, the IRS will assume that you have taken it. The rule is, if you chose not to take that depreciation on your house, that's your issue. As far as IRS is concerned, you have. So what consequence does that depreciation have on the sale of your house? Remember, whenever we sell our house, if we have any gains, let's say you're married, filing jointly, you sell your house and you have a gain. Up to $500,000 of that gain is tax-free. You don't, pay it, you don't pay a dime on tax for tax on that gain because it's an allowance. It's a freebie. However, if you have taken any depreciation for that home office, whatever you have taken throughout the years, that is taxable. That is something that is entirely missed when somebody sells their house and they've been using a home office deduction. Wow. I did not know this. But again, that's because you're my tax guy. So I guess I take advantage of that. But that is amazing information. So now I have a question for you with this. So let's say I work for a company that says, hey, you can work from home two days a week, come into the office three days a week, work from home two days a week. Now what happens? As an employee of somebody else's business, you cannot take that office deduction. 
you're not allowed to take that office deduction. Now, if it was your own business, then yeah, you could take an office deduction. Depending on what type of business you're on, I'm not going to get into the details of that because if you're like a partnership or a limited liability company, the home office deduction is treated one way. If you're an S-Corp or a regular C-Corp, that home office is treated differently. One of the things that we do for the shareholders of an S-Corp or a C-Corp is that the company itself the corporation itself can come up with a plan, whether it's called an accountable plan or a non-accountable plan, and they can give you as the employee of your own business an allowance for using your home. And you get to deduct it and you don't have to pay tax on it. There are ways to get around that. But to go back to your question, if you are working for somebody else and you are using your home office, that is not tax deductible anymore. That stopped in 2017, 2018. It's gone. So now what if I'm using my home computer? So since I'm not at work and I'm not using my computer over there, but I'm at home using my computer, still I can't deduct anything. Same thing, same thing. Because using your computer or let's say that you have your own internet, you know, obviously you have to have internet to use your computer to communicate with your employer. Those traditionally were used to be called employee business expenses, unreimbursed employee business expenses. What that meant was that you use your own internet, you use your computer, your employer said, well, you know, good luck to you, too bad, you know, you want it to be home. So you used to be able to deduct those as as a deduction on your on your itemized deduction, you know, on your personal tax return. Those are gone. Those expenses are gone. Now, there are some states that allow that to happen, like California. California did not conform with the federal law. So there are some states that allow that, you know, but the rest of it, the rest of those expenses that are associated with employment, none of those are tax deductible anymore. Again, Remember, if, if you're an employee of a business, if you're self-employed, that's a different story. That's the difference. So your tax preparer knows that when, when you tell them, don't take the assumption that, okay, I, I'm not going to be able to deduct those things. I'm not, therefore, I'm not going to tell my tax preparer. No, don't do that. Still go ahead and tell them because some states actually allow those deductions. So by all means, go for it. Why pay the extra tax on the state level? You're just not going to get that deduction on the federal, but you may on the California or any other state. So do it. Very good tip. So do you have another tip for us today? The other tip has to do with preparing the information accurately. Again, I cannot stress enough on the fact that home office deduction is a subject that gets scrutinized by IRS massively. In particular, IRS loves to go after physicians who claim home office deduction. So what I'm saying is that, you know, if you, if you have an area that is designated for, for your home office, take a picture of it. Prove that it is the, it, it, that's the fact that you've done that. You know, keep track of your expenses. Keep track of your time that you've spent on it. Because that, those are the questions that the IRS will ask you. How much time are you spending? What exactly are you doing? Do you have a desk? Do you have a phone? 
Do you have a designated computer? They ask all these specific questions. So be prepared to answer that. What I'm saying is that don't just go based on, well, I'm not, I don't want to get audited, therefore I'm not going to take the deduction. No, if you're allowed to take the deduction, go ahead and do it. Why not? The tax law allows it. Excellent advice. Now let's take a moment here to discuss tax preparation. What options do people really have? Like how does one know when it's time to get help versus doing your own taxes? I know there are some places I've seen even in a grocery store that will do your taxes for you. Like how do we know when we need to get help or when we really should just be doing it on our own? You know, Caroline, if if you have a simple tax return, you know, what I mean by simple is that you have one W-2 that shows on an annual basis that how much you earned, how much taxes you paid, and you have some interest that you've received from your bank. You know, by all means, you can do it yourself. There are great softwares outside like TurboTax and you can do it. You know, it, it's easy. You, you can actually also go on the IRS website and there is a free tool that you can do it online by the, with the help of IRS. You can do that. If you have some extra time and you are really eager to meet an IRS agent, you can even go to the IRS office in your city or town and they would gladly prepare the tax return for you. During tax, uh, tax season, they actually have volunteers that prepare taxes. So you can do that. If you have a little bit more complicated stuff, like you have dividend and stock sales and things like that, then you can go to the next level. You can go to like Jackson Hewitt, H&R Block, or you know, whatever outfit is out there that they would prepare it. But if you are a business owner, you have rental properties, you have foreign assets, I stress on that fact, foreign assets that you have, you must consult a tax preparer, a certified public accountant or an enrolled agent or a public accountant who knows what the tax rules are and what the tax laws are. You do need to consult a tax professional. Don't just go pretend that you know what's going on. I have seen so many tax returns that have been done manually on, on a software and it comes back to me for a review at some point in the future and there's been mistakes after mistakes and mistakes because you have to know where everything goes line by line, how everything is treated. So rather than just wasting your time, just go to a tax professional who knows how to handle these things to avoid any amendment. Because the amend amending the tax return not only costs you money, it also gets red flagged. It is being looked at by the IRS and the state agencies that why are we doing an amended tax return? Very good advice. Very good information to know. So turning back to the tax tips, just one more tip. This is the time of year where the tax scams just explode. So what tips can you give us to avoid being scammed? IRS does not email. I have received inquiries this week from clients that they have received emails from the IRS. IRS does not email taxpayers. 
they email us as the tax professionals because we are registered with them. And only if we have spoken to an agent, then they would email us. So if you get an email from IRS stating that you need to verify your social security or we are having problems sending you your direct deposit, please respond to this email with your proper bank routing number and account number. That's a scam. That is an absolute scam. So don't even fall for it. Even if you get a phone call that they say they are from IRS or state agencies, that too doesn't happen. They never call asking for information over the phone. They always send a correspondence. If there is an issue with your bank or social security number or dependent or any issue related to your current or previous tax, prior year taxes, they send a correspondence first and then they ask you to call them with the phone number they provide to you. They also give you a PIN number. So when they are talking to you, they want to make sure that it is actually you. So don't fall for any of those scams. This is the time of the year that these guys are just going left and right, scamming people. And I hate to say it, especially the elderly. They try to just scam them. They get scared. They answer questions that they shouldn't be answering. Next day, they look at their bank account. It's been emptied out. Those are the scams you need to be aware of. I've also received phone calls that were really aggressive saying, you know, you owe money and you did not pay and we're reporting you to the local police. And then, of course, you know, I try to keep them on the phone just to keep them busy because I know it's a complete scam and I just talk, you know, gibberish to them. But if that does happen to somebody or if someone does feel they're being scammed, what do you suggest they do? There is actually an IRS site for the government, and there is also a government site that you can report that phone number. Because whenever they call you, the phone number registers on either your cell phone or on your caller ID. And there is actually a website that you can go and report that phone number. Unfortunately, some of those numbers keep changing and changing and changing, and the 99% of those phone numbers are from overseas. So really for the IRS or any government agency to, to go after them is pretty impossible. You just have to stay on top of it. That, you know, just, just don't divulge any information. And if you get something like that, if you get a phone call like that, just tell them, why don't you just send me a letter, then we'll talk. Because I need to make sure that it is actually IRS or the state government agencies. And I promise you, they will hang up immediately. I personally love those phone calls because that is amusing to me because I know what's happening. So I mess with their mind just as well. And usually what I tell them, I said, well, listen, you know, I appreciate your phone call. I, I really want to make the payments and all that. But I just want you to know that I also track you down as where you are calling and who you are. So I'm going to come after you because I... I recorded everything and it's already the FBI or police agency is coming after you. And I had one case that the person actually started apologizing to me and begging me not to do anything. So I, again, I, but that's me. But that's me. Sometimes I need some amusement throughout my busy tax season. I like your style. I've done that too. It's kind of funny, you know, like you just start talking to them and talking about like, oh God, my knee hurts today. And it's pretty funny. And I guess it's kind of rude, but hey, got to do what you got to do, right? 
They deserve it. They deserve it. And you know, one other tax tip I have for you, and it's really not a tax tip. It's it's more, you, it's it's more of a suggestion. Just be kind to your tax preparer. I always have to remind my clients of two things. One, if you owe taxes, be grateful that you made money. That's why you owe taxes. That's number one. And the second thing that I always tell the clients is that I swear to you, if you owe taxes, none of that is going into my pocket. It's I'm just a middle person in here. And remember, I'm always on your side. I try my best to save you money. So be kind to your tax preparer. I think those are beautiful, wise words to end on. Taxes are not fun, but you're right. We turn to our professionals to help and guide us to improve things. So I echo that sentiment. Be kind to your tax preparer. Give them a hug. Send them some love. And on that note, we are out of time. So we look forward to seeing everyone here again in two weeks with our next podcast. And again, thank you for joining us. We really enjoy these conversations and we hope everyone's enjoying the information that's being shared. I'm looking forward to our next podcast because I think there are more interesting stuff coming up that you guys are just going to love. Wonderful. And we're wishing everyone a fantastic day. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you for listening to the Breaking the Tax Code podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode of Breaking the Tax Code and would like to receive the show notes or new episodes, visit us at moassasi.com, M-O-A-S-S-E-S-S-I.com, or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast app.